Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Um, as of late on the Discord, we've had a channel open, which uh, many of you noticed that recently closed, to name our brand new engine. Um, and I figured if you're naming something, you might as well know a little bit more about it. With that in mind, I have Yoris here to uh, discuss Ember Sword's engine. Welcome to the show, man. Hey everyone, thanks for having me again. Hell yes! Um, so, the tale of our engine is a long and arduous one, and I'm really interested in this topic because I don't have all the details. I only know uh, somewhat what the genesis of the idea was. So let's start there. How did we decide to build an engine in-house? So, we originally didn't start with the custom engine because it's a lot of work, and there's already quite a few engines out there, so we... We figured Unity is probably a good way to go, and we talked to Unity, and they were working on Unity Tiny, which was basically a rewrite of Unity, where they targeted tiny platforms, like like the web. And they assured us, like, it's going to be great, it's going to run, it's going to be amazing, you'll love it. So we started working on Unity, kind of trying to... Because Unity Tiny, Tiny wasn't ready yet, so, so we kind of worked trying to prepare everything for Tiny, and, and then it got delayed, and, and then it got delayed again, and then it got delayed again. <laughs> um, and, and we were starting to get a little worried. So uh, not to mention that the things that they actually delivered didn't really work that well, uh, which was just really, really sad. And, and so we started working on our own engine, just the idea of like how much work would it really be. And <laughs> the thing is, if you give programmers a little bit of freedom and you say like, hey, just prototype this thing, they get really into it, <laughs> and uh, before you know it, you have a small engine, and nobody wants to work on anything else anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it got concepted. It was it, born it just started out of as, how crappy uh, Unity was then. Essentially, yeah. I mean, Unity is going through a big phase where they're basically rewriting the entire game engine. Like, they're just almost entirely starting from scratch. But they're so desperately hanging on to old Unity because they don't want to lose their customers that they keep all the old stuff and then build all the new stuff on top of it and then hopefully at some point phase out the old stuff, but I don't think they're ever going to. Um, so you still have to deal with the old crafty stuff, which just bogs down your entire workflow. It, it's really annoying. Um, but yeah, so, so we were pretty hyped about Unity and their new approach, which is called ECS and, and Tiny, uh, or Dots. But unfortunately, it, a lot of it is broken. It doesn't work. We spent days tracking down Unity bugs that made no sense. Uh, we reported them to Unity, and they just don't give a shit. They just don't fix it, which is just... It's very unfortunate, and it makes it almost impossible to build a game on. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, we, we started... Um, and it was it was just really frustrating, right? It, like, damages morale of programmers in general, like, having to work with software you don't like. Uh, Tom, for example, one of our senior programmers, he refuses to touch Unity. <laughs> <laughs> really? For example. Oh, yeah, he just straight up refuses. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't blame him. The workflow is not great. Um, so, yeah, we've been working on the new one, and... Things are actually, like, it's shaped up really quickly. Like, in about, I don't know, two or three months, we could actually run quite a few of the Eversort scenes that we had before. We just made a little exporter from Unity, so we didn't have to recreate everything. So we could just plop in the, the levels from Unity. And 
after two or three months, it was actually running really well. And currently, um, the engine, like our own custom in-house engine, runs approximately eight times as fast as Unity. Eight? It was five last week. That is insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I added a little bit, a little thing called culling, which we didn't have yet. So you only render things that are visible on the screen. Otherwise, you render things that are outside of the screen. Right, yeah. Which is just a waste. Um, so I added that in. And while Unity runs at roughly 100 frames per second, we run at well over 800 frames per second. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done little to no optimizing. There's still so much low-hanging fruit. I just don't want to do it now because it's easy to get lost in optimization. I, I want to back up a bit. Can you talk a bit about what the creation process of the engine was like? You you gave us like the big overview, but like in, in, in terms of what the timeline was like, how did how did that come to fruition? So we actually just started with the idea of prototyping, right? Just to see if it was feasible. And then without ever really saying, is this what we're going to do? We just kept working on it. And it hit kind of this point of mm -hmm. stability where we couldn't imagine going back to Unity. But the creation process has actually been really nice. Aside from, from C++, the creation process has been really <laughs> nice. Um, What's wrong with C++? Oh, don't get me started. I can't. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> Okay, well, all right. Um, C++ is probably the worst development experience of any <laughs> programming language in human history. Oh <laughs> it's atrocious and it should die. I, I don't I don't like C++. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a horrible. It's a language that was devised in the 70s and it just survived throughout that entire period of time and it just kept piling nonsense on top of it <laughs> um and and any good c++ programmer i talk to essentially just says the same thing they just say don't use any of the features just use c plus templates and and not even really templates and then you can use the language everything else you'll just shoot yourself in the face because it'll it'll just blow up in your face it's horrible so um yeah <laughs> It's 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 a pile of trash. <laughs> uh, I wish it dies soon, but unfortunately, it's the only language that is you know high performant enough to to really spawn a good game engine. Oh crap! So, yep. <laughs> I am sorry. But for I can that. I can go on about C++ for hours because I <laughs> I very passionately hate it. It's so <laughs> tedious to work with. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. So beyond beyond the C what what then? Beyond beyond C the creation process has been quite nice because we can actually control the entire tech stack. Mm -hmm. um, so we can actually make decisions on on how the system should work, right? Like with Unity, you're just stuck with how Unity does things. Um, mm -hmm. Which for like general purpose things is perfectly fine. But for example, in Ambersword, right? It's a top down game and you can't rotate the camera so like knowing you can't rotate the camera we can make certain assumptions about you know how we want to optimize the game for example um another thing is that we control content delivery so we can control like because it runs in the browser you have to download all the 3d models right so you like get in the game and then you have to download a tree and a house and a whatever and if you use Unity, it just packs those trees and houses for you and then gives you some file that you can download. And, well, actually, that's not even true. Like, in Unity, you have to make a whole bundle. So you can't, like, even say, hey, I want this one tree. You actually have to, like, pack a whole scene together with a bunch of scenes. And, like, it, 
I don't, I can't even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt that PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> There's like war flashbacks here. Um, but in, in our own engine, we control that. So we can actually control how we deliver these things. So we can actually pack a tree individually rather than like bundling an entire scene. Mm -hmm. Which is really nice because if you move from one area to another, you already have that tree locally. So you don't have to download the entire scene again, if that makes sense. It does actually. Right. Cool. Um, and, and because of that, we can also control compression, for example. So we can actually compress 3D models with a ratio of 10 to 1. So if the model is roughly 1 megabytes on disk, we can actually compress it to be 100 kilobytes. Oh. Um, without a loss of quality, which is which is really a yeah. noticeable loss of quality, um, which is actually really cool because it means that you know anything you download is ten times smaller than it would normally be. And Unity does use some like lossless compression technologies, but not on the same level that we're using. We're using Draco for this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's actually really cool. So the the scene that we currently have uh, for internal testing is only about five megabytes plus the entire engine. So you have an area in which you can run around for, I don't know, like one minute from side to side, um, like up and down and left and right. And it's about five megabytes. And the entire engine is about 800 kilobytes right now. Jesus. Right? So we can control, like it's crazy what companies get away with like 30 gigabyte patches and, mm -hmm. and we can stuff an entire game in like five <laughs> megabytes, right? <laughs> I guess it comes with the times, though, because a lot of those companies, I assume, are locked into engines that they've developed and they don't want to change because of internal politics. I'm envisioning, I guess, uh, the true, biggest culprit true. that I know of is uh, Frostbite, EA's garbage pile on which they insist on building <laughs> every single game ever. And it's it's gotten, I believe that started the trend of insane game sizes. Well, I mean, that engine probably has so many tools and features and things that they've built over the years that stripping that down would just be too expensive for them, right? So imagine. they just pile on everything. It, it, it's easier than stripping it for them. So I, I sort of get it, but the end result is really unfortunate because like 30 gigabyte patches is just not okay. And non-compressed audio and everything, which I, I don't think yep. it's the engine's fault, but yeah, the... That, that's a weirdly that's a weird conversation to have because we are reaping the full benefit of creating a game engine in you know the 20s essentially <laughs> yeah we can use all the cool new technologies which is really nice um and of course like a lot has been figured out over the last 20 years or so yeah. on how to build a proper game engine so you don't have to to do a whole lot of guesswork i suppose because Okay, this is getting very geeky now, but I'm just going to go with it. Again, that's why you're here. <laughs> this is a platform for you to geek the heck out. So like 20 years ago, people were coming up with this idea of called like object-oriented programming. It's older than that, but it kind of got popular about 20 years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and object-oriented is this concept of like you make an object and then that has a certain set of features. So you like define a car and then a car can drive or honk or whatever. And that's very easy to reason about as a person but not for a computer. Like a mm -hmm. computer cannot realistically attain decent performance if you write object-oriented code. Because all a computer is doing is manipulating data at the end of the day, right? Like all it's doing is like modifying data in your RAM or, or on your disk and so forth. Yeah. So what you really want to do is write data-oriented code if you want to achieve decent performance. So you want to think about how data fits in your RAM and, and how you can efficiently manipulate it and then write it back to disk and so forth. 
So <clears throat> this has become very clear over the last 20 years or so that just object oriented just doesn't work. Not to mention also leaves pretty shitty code in general. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing this, we can actually design Embersort completely data oriented, which heavily increases performance in the first place, but also like avoids common pitfalls that, that people fell into over the last, you know, 20 years or so. Um, but unfortunately, object-oriented is still a very common way to program. Because I would imagine it's it's simpler to get from an entry-level programmer perspective. Because I, from at least my perception of it, data-oriented seems very much more abstract in terms of how do you um, how do you transfer something that's natural in the real world into data, so that the it's, computer it's can do the same action. It's definitely harder. It's definitely harder to reason about because. Object-oriented is more closely related to how you use things in, in real life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it's definitely different, but you know that's kind of your job as a programmer <laughs> to right. translate yeah, that. So, so um, you, you touched upon them, but uh, concretely, what would you classify as the features of the Ember Sword engine? We've mostly, so like an engine usually consists of two things. You have the runtime, which is like physics and audio and like all the bare bone things. Um, and then you have the editor, which allows you to like create a world and useful tools and so forth. We haven't really worked on the editor because an editor, you know, having a cool editor is nice and developers generally love to do it because we can geek out about like, oh, you've got this cool feature. And, and we like that sort of thing, but it's not gameplay and it's not a game. And before we know it, we turn into an engine company. Yeah. Right? A lot of these companies started out trying to make games and then they actually ended up building an engine. So we haven't touched the editor much. We've mostly been working on the game engine. Um, as for features there, I would say content streaming. So primarily because we run in the web, right? Streaming is really important and, and being able to do that quickly and efficiently uh, and at the same time not crippling your connection to the server. So for example, if you're connected to the server and you're running around and suddenly you have to download a tree, mm -hmm. if that cripples your connection to the server, you might start to lag and someone might kill you or, or whatever, right? Which could be quite frustrating. So making sure all of that is balanced quite nicely. Yeah. I imagine the file sizes help as well. Yeah, file size helps a lot. Um, the downside of like compressing a file size is that you also have to decompress it, which mm -hmm. you know can take some, some performance overhead. Um, so like pushing that to a different thread and making sure that, that the entire application stays very responsive. So I, I'd say streaming, yeah, um, compression and like full control over the different file formats, um, size, I think, uh, the size of the engine itself, we can really control how large the engine grows. Uh, we kind of have an internal budget of about five megabytes, like so long the engine stays below five megabytes, it's good. Like forever? <laughs> That's lofty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. it it's really not. It's just people have gotten lazy. I honestly think that. Like, if you think about, for example, playing Super Mario, right? Like on the SNES. Mm -hmm. The SNES has 128 kilobytes of RAM. Jesus. And that is for the entire operating system and everything. And then they actually managed to build a full game in it. And I don't know what the, like, the, the like, ROM size is. Come on. Uh, 0 0.2 megabytes to around 4 megabytes. Okay, the cartridge is different. So up to 4 megabytes. So if you think about Mario, for example, which has a lot of different levels, it's got animations, it's got you know basic mono audio. 
it has to be smaller than four megabytes. Mm -hmm. That entire game, plus the engine, everything in there, right? And now our games are like 60 gigabytes in size with 30 gigs patches. It's just lazy, right? And and part of it is that, you know, for example, with uncompressed audio you mentioned before, it's just that some computers might not be fast enough to decompress audio at the same time as the game. So they just plop everything in uncompressed audio. Like they don't make both options because that's too much work. Then, you know, who cares about file size? Yeah. Um, because... At the end of the day, they're not responsible for uh, distributing it. So if you have, for example, EA makes a game and they throw it on Steam or Origin or whatever their store is, um, the developers don't have to care about distribution because that's taken care of. So who cares if the patch is 2 gigs or 30 gigs, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of lazy programming and, and we can do so much better, so why don't we? Right. We have the option to, I think, is the most important thing because those the developers that work for AAA companies are usually under massive like time crunch constantly. Yeah, so even that's if true. they wanted to optimize it, I believe that's that's a weird snowball effect where those engines have ballooned so much and um, yeah, like, and going back and general. fixing it now, it's yeah. almost impossible. And and also, I think management in general just doesn't care about it because it's not features, right? You can't sell. Oh, the file size is a little bit smaller now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think it piles up and I think, um, and not necessarily to fault of the programmers, but it, it is, you know, very unfortunate that you end up in a situation like that. Um, and, and I think we can do a lot better. Of, yeah, exactly. Because being a small team, we, we need to keep those things in check to keep everything manageable for everybody. And exactly. the upside of that is we make a really powerful engine, which is, you know, very much usable and playable in the year of our lord 2021 while also being incredibly resource efficient yeah exactly and and i think it goes to show that you know building a custom engine can have a lot of benefits we've done almost no optimizing and we already run eight times faster than unity which i mean it's just crazy to me like i know there's <laughs> plenty of very good people working at unity at least i hope mm -hmm. so and <laughs> i had to i couldn't help myself <laughs> Um, but you know, like eight times performance in three months of work is just baffling to me. It, it, I mean, it can happen. It's, we have the right concoction of talent and drive. It's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope they have those people at Unity as well, but, um, I, I do think we have really good programmers on the team. I do honestly think that, but at the same time, Unity has a pretty hefty budget uh, so you'd expect that they'd be able to you know hire very capable programmers oh yeah but you know the leash might be shorter that it can be as simple as that um, it, it could be as simple as that yep. so what are the plans for the future of our engine the plans for the future are to continue adding the features that we need for the next like demo or pre-alpha that we're working towards which it's not so much editor, it's mostly runtime because we can get away with a fairly simple level design initially or just doing some things hard-coded. Um, and then over the remainder of 2021, I would say that the editor is, is a pretty large size of the engine because rendering is already pretty much on point with Unity. We have to implement small things like particles and stuff like that, but honestly not that much work. So yeah, it's mostly mostly editor stuff and and convenience stuff of actually making sure that we can you know build a convenient game in a, 
in in embers or in the in the editor right any plans of making the engine public um well i <laughs> i mentioned at some point in the public discord that you know we could theoretically make it public and people immediately assumed that we were going to mm-hmm. um that's what i'm asking just just yeah. answer. <laughs> uh, i don't think we're going to uh, mm-hmm. At least there's no plans for this, you know, anytime soon. But theoretically, we could because we're building the entire thing. We own all the licenses, so theoretically, we could, you know, uh, license it out to another company. But I don't, I don't really think we're going to, to do that anytime soon. If so, it's like five years from now. Yeah, because you mentioned if if we do go down that route, there's the pitfall that we might become an engine company, and not a gaming mm. company. Which, for now at least, we, we, we do like our video games, so we would like to keep making Ember Sword. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As well, with that, uh, I would like to thank you for participating in this podcast. I would like to thank everybody for listening. And me and yours, uh, slight teaser here at the end. We might have something a bit off topic, as I uh, like to do every once in a while with this podcast. Uh, coming to your ear holes very, very soonish. I'm just going to say that. So thank you once again, Yuris, for uh, being part of this podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Hey, you. You made it to the end. Congratulations. That must mean you like us enough to want more, right? Well, good news. We're all over the internet. Go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early, as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team. Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at PlayEmberSword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics. Drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Ember Sword. <laughs>